Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. I am so glad to be back in the studio. I have been on the road all over the state of Texas with my traveling museum, and I am so glad to finally be back home for a couple of days. So I rushed into the studio to try to record a podcast because it's been so long so long since I've recorded one. I am so very sorry, everybody. Um, great to be with you, though, and I'm glad to be back in. So let me cover a little bit of news. First, the the summer months are when business kind of slows down for my traveling dinosaur museum. And you see, when I travel with my traveling museum, the sound equipment that I have is not very good. And Rather than try to record a podcast sitting in a hotel room at night, I just choose not to record them. And, I, and I'm and i sorry because I know so many of you have written to me and asked, when's the next podcast going to come out? Well, it's because I'm on the road. And plus, sometimes we work from 5 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. I'm so tired by the time we get to the hotel, I just don't have the energy to record one. So I apologize for that. But with the summer months coming up, I've got a little more time so I can get back and start recording them again. I want you all to know that I've, I've gotten so many emails from you and so many contacts through the dinosaur George kids, Facebook group, uh, telling me things, asking me questions. And I am so sorry that I've not been able to respond or to answer to them, but I want you all to know that I do look at all of them and I appreciate all of them very, very much. Speaking of the summer, I have a museum in San Antonio, Texas at a place called Trader's Village. It's only open on the weekends. We have just expanded it to make it twice the size it was. And I have brought in some of the most amazing things you will ever see. Now, for those of you that may never get to come to San Antonio, I am posting pictures of them on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. And if your parents would like to join, there's nothing to join that. There's no cost involved. Um, If you would like to, and you want to see some images of some of the things I'm bringing in, that's where you can see them. The other way, of course, is if you become a member of our Patreon club. My Patreon club has grown to be huge. And there's three levels of the Patreon club. There's the $5 a month club, which is called the Triceratops Club. And for that, once a month, you get a a live lesson, a Zoom lesson with me, and it costs $5 a month. Now, if you had your own private lesson, that would cost $200. So for $5 a month, and you get to see all of the lessons we had in the past, they are recorded, and you can watch them whenever you want. Then there's the Raptor Club member, which is $5 a month. I mean, I'm sorry, 
The Triceratops Club is $1 a month. I said five. I meant one. It's $1 a month. So for $1 a month, you get a free live lesson every month. And uh, so that's for the Triceratops Club. The Raptor Club is $5 a month. For the Raptor Club, you get two live lessons each month. You get a Raptor Claw replica mailed to your home as a welcome gift. And you get some behind-the-scenes information about what's going on in the company. And then the ultimate club is the Trice—I mean, the T-Rex Club. That's the ultimate. That's $10 a month. That's a lot of money. I know that's a lot of money. But for that, you get two live lessons. You get all of the behind-the-scenes information. So like the, the T-Rex members have been receiving pictures of the expansion of the museum— they get they get a list of what's going to be in there. They get to know all this long before everybody else. Also, if you are a Raptor Club member, you get an 8% discount off of anything. And if you're a T-Rex member, you get 15% discount. So those are the clubs, and those are ways that you can stay on top of it. And if you'd like to be part of our live lessons each month, you can. But if you don't want to spend that money, you don't have to. Because all you have to do is follow me on the Dinosaur George Kids page, and you will see information there. As a matter of fact, I just posted yesterday the skull of a gigantic meat-eating pig, a gigantic meat-eating pig called Archaeotherium. You will not believe the size of that thing. I'm going to need to do a podcast on that animal because it's incredibly cool. So I just wanted to tell you all that also during the summer months, I am hoping to be in my museum and store in San Antonio on the weekends. I'm going to try to be there every weekend. I may not always be able to, but I'm going to try to post my schedule on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group so that you can see when I'm going to be out there. And maybe I will get the chance to meet you in person, which I would very much love to do couple of shout outs. I've got so many shout outs. I know there's so many of you that, that I promised you a shout out and it's just been so long. I just, I can't find all of those lists, but I did want to say this. You can do your own private lesson with me on zoom. And I've had three private lessons in the last couple of days. And I just wanted to give shout outs. First was to Cedric and his friend Indigo. I had so much fun talking to you guys. Shout out to both of you, Indigo. I hope you enjoyed, I, because I think you said you were from Australia, so I hope you enjoyed being here in the States with your friend Cedric, and it was so nice to see you. Then I had one with Joshua and Theo, and they were hilarious, and that was a lot of fun. In fact, Joshua and Theo's mom and dad were there, and I had a great time chatting with them, and dad gave me a great suggestion for another podcast that will be coming up soon. And just about 10 minutes ago, I got to talk to Jules and his family and all of his friends. They had a private lesson. We talked about Ankylosaurus and then dinosaurs in general. So shout out to all of you and to everybody who I've met while I'm traveling that say they enjoy the podcast. Thank you very, very much for listening. I appreciate it. As of this morning, we've had 346,000 downloads of the podcast We are heard in 146 countries around the world, and that equals 9,521 cities where people there listen to the podcast. 
So I can't thank you enough. That's nearly 350,000 listens to the podcast. And I appreciate you all sharing the information about the podcast with your friends and with everyone. So let's get into our feature creature. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. We are going way, way back in time to talk about one of the first really big meat-eating dinosaurs that ever appeared. At the end of the age called the Permian, a huge event occurred where almost 98% of all living things died. We don't fully... (coughs) Excuse me. We don't fully understand why everything died. It could have been an asteroid. It could have been volcanoes. It could have been the entire planet changed its environment. We don't know. But whatever happened, 98% of all life died. But some of the animals that survived would go on to become the dinosaurs. So we're going to talk about one of the first really big meat-eating dinosaurs. Its name is Herrerasaurus. Herrerasaurus is an amazingly a big dinosaur for its time. It was the top predator on Earth for its time. Yes, there were other big predators, but the difference was Herrerasaurus was walking on two legs. And because Herrerasaurus was able to get up off of four legs like its reptilian cousins, Herrerasaurus was faster, had a better view could see farther because its head was higher off the ground. It didn't run out of energy as fast. It was a totally different animal. This thing changed the game. This was a game-changing dinosaur because when Herrerasaurus showed up, it was in charge of everything. Now, Herrerasaurus is not giant compared to a dinosaur like, say, T-Rex or Allosaurus, but it was big. It was 13 feet long. That's almost four meters long. That's big. At the time, you have to remember, this is the Triassic period. This is when dinosaurs first began to show up in the, on the world. So, it was four, or 13 feet long. It was five and a half feet tall. That's about two meters tall. So, that means its head was held about the height. I'm five foot seven inches tall. Herrerasaurus's height was five foot five. So, he's a little shorter than me. But it's still, it's a pretty big dinosaur. And how much did it weigh? 700 pounds. That's 317 kilos. This, this dinosaur was bigger and stronger than any other dinosaur of its time and place. It lived in the late Triassic period. That's between 228 and 216 million years ago. It's a long time ago. Just to give you an idea of how long ago that was. The time that separates you and me from Tyrannosaurus Rex, well, the time that separates Herrerasaurus from Tyrannosaurus Rex is even longer than the time that separates us from Tyrannosaurus Rex. 
it you're going way back into Earth's history. It lived in Argentina, which is in South America. Now, this thing was unique for a number of reasons. One, how big it was compared to the other carnivores of its time. Now, there were some big crocodilians that were longer. It, it, so when I say it was the biggest carnivore of its time, yeah, there were some reptiles that were longer. I believe Postasuchus is still here at that time, and that's a big carnivore. But what separates Herrerasaurus from them is, first of all, it lived in South America. And most of the bigger uh, Permian and early Triassic carnivores, uh, I don't know of any down there that it was living with. So that's why I think it was the biggest carnivore of its area. Certainly, there were crocodiles that were probably longer, but this thing was far advanced from them. It was way more advanced. It was smarter. It was faster. It had more weapons. And let's talk about the weapons. Well, one of the things that's amazing about this dinosaur is that its body shape looks very, very similar to the body shape of all the carnivores that would follow, all the meat-eating dinosaurs that would follow. It looked like Allosaurus and T-Rex and Guanlong and every carnivore that lived after it all had the same basic body design, walking on two legs, tail sticking out behind it. Now, its arms were relatively long, so it's still using its arms, and it's got three claws on each hand. So it had five toes, but it really walked on only three. And it had three claws on each hand, which meant that it was able to grab and hold its prey. But what really makes Herrerasaurus different are its teeth. When you look at a carnivore, any meat eater today, they usually have two distinct different teeth. They have big, long teeth in the front that are used for grabbing and holding. And then their other teeth are usually used for slicing and chewing meat. Humans, we have the same thing. We have pointy carnivore teeth. You could probably see them in your lower jaw. If you stick your lower jaw out and look in the mirror, you'll see that you've got a couple of sharp, pointy teeth. And then we have teeth that are made for chewing plants. And then we have teeth that are made for chewing both. But what makes carn—I mean, carnivores, Herrerasaurus so different is that it's got really three kinds of teeth. Small, little, slicing teeth in the very front. Then some really big bone crackers. And then at the back, very small meat slicers. If you ever see a Herrerasaurus, if you've ever seen a Herrerasaurus, you'll notice it's got that weird tooth shape, kind of a little hook. When you see an animal that has teeth that are like that, really different teeth all throughout its mouth, that can mean that it probably ate a variety of different foods. It probably ate anything it could find. It wasn't a specialized hunter. It wasn't only looking for one kind of prey. It comes to the table with different teeth so that it can eat different things. That's why humans, that's why we have distinctively different teeth. The teeth in the back of our mouth are made for grinding up plants. The teeth in the front are for meat slicers. The teeth in the very, very front are nippers. We can carefully nip the meat off of the bone. Well, when you look at Herrerasaurus, this guy's got teeth that are good for probably catching big insects, probably catching lizards, 
probably crunching through the armor of a fish. This animal was very, very effective, and it was a very fast and powerful hunter. And at its time, Herrerasaurus would have been one of the most feared dinosaurs. Because again, everything around it would have been crocodilian or big lizards. But all of a sudden, Herrerasaurus walks up and everything in the forest goes, uh, we might want to get out of here because I don't know what this thing is, but I know this thing is dangerous. Its eyesight was probably good, but its eyes, its skull was a little different from dinosaurs like T-Rex. T-Rex could look straight at you. Its eyes looked straight down its nose to what was in front of it. Herrerasaurus's eyes may not have been able to do that as well. It may not have been able to see what was directly in front of it, but maybe kind of looked at things that were out to the side of it. So as you learn about dinosaurs and as you become more familiar, remember, we've got to go back to the starting point. Where did these big carnivores come from? Well, Herrerasaurus is an answer of where these things came from. When you think of meat eaters like Allosaurus and T-Rex and Spinosaurus and Carcharodontosaurus and Albertosaurus and Gorgosaurus and Displetosaurus and Acrocanthosaurus and my tongue is Saurus from talking. Okay, there's no dinosaur named my tongue is Saurus. <laughs> but all of those meat eaters came from animals that were earlier in time. And Herrerasaurus happened to be one of those animals. Take a, a quick break, and then we will jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids page to see what's happening over there. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right, so we're going to jump over. First, I'm going to look and see if I've received any questions. I, I receive a lot of questions uh, through my Patreon page. So I'm going to jump over and I'm going to take a look real quick on Patreon and try to answer some of the different questions that I've received from my club members. They always get priority, obviously. So let's take a look here and let's see. Uh, let me see. Let me read this one. Ah, okay. Uh, Boceratops. Uh, that's so cool. Uh, let me see here. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to send that. Let me do this. Um, let me do this. Hang on. Let's see. Ah, this is kind of cool. Andrew. Andrew's birthday was yesterday. He turned six years old. Andrew is a member of the Patreon Club. Uh, and that's so cool. His grandparents gave him a T-Rex membership. Um, first of all, Andrew, happy birthday. Here is your shout out. And now I should have done your shout out during the lesson yesterday, but I forgot. That's what happens when you get old. But Andrew, I'm going to give you a shout out and to sing happy birthday to you. I happen to have a Herrerasaurus skull sitting right here next to me. So Herrerasaurus is going to sing happy birthday to Andrew and anyone that had a birthday in May. Here is your happy birthday song. And let me say for the record. 
There is a little raptor that lives in my studio that drives me nuts. Its name is Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor. It ruins every birthday song we try to sing, everything I try to do. It shows up, and it's driving me completely nuts. So let's see if we can sing happy birthday to Andrew without Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor driving me nuts. Here we go. Where's Herrerasaurus? Here we go. You ready? All right. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy. Stop. What was that? What was that? Okay, everybody in this studio, on your hands and knees, look under every table. Let's find this raptor once and for all. I don't want it ruining everybody's birthday song. Hang on. Everybody, just wait a minute. We're going to find it. Well, I know it's here. I heard it. All right, I'm sorry. Let's get back to it. Sorry, Herrerasaurus. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. I'm going to eat you for dinner. Cha-cha-cha. And spit out your shoes. Well, happy birthday. Was that thing, was that there somewhere? We have three microphones in this studio. I don't know where it keeps popping up and saying cha-cha-cha, but that thing is driving me nuts. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Andrew. And I'm sorry I missed it yesterday. Um, Let's see. This is a question from Titan Elijah. Very good. Uh, Titan Elijah wants to know if, if they could recreate a dinosaur like in Jurassic Park, which ones do you think would make good pets? Because T-Rexes are scary and sauropods are just too big, but chickens are avian dinosaurs and they aren't scary at all. Well, Titan Elijah, first of all, it's good seeing you yesterday morning for two lessons. All right, Titan Elijah, if I was going to bring back a dinosaur to make it a pet, I would choose Protoceratops. I would choose... um. I would probably choose Cetacosaurus. I would choose any of those. I would choose absolutely any of those because they would turn out to be really cool. I think they would make great pets. I think they would make great pets. So um, that's what I would. That's what I would choose is a small herbivore. Now you could have a small carnivore like like maybe. Bambi Raptor or Eo Raptor. The problem with them is that would be like having a pet uh, Komodo dragon. They look cute, but you don't want to pick them up. And you certainly don't want to hold them in your hand. So I would choose a little herbivore because they stay small and they wouldn't be too hard to take care of. All right. This is from my friend Sean's mom. Um, Sean's been doing a study on geology. Nice. Any suggestions of videos or reading? Um, You know what? I don't do a podcast. Well, okay. I have done a class on rocks, minerals. I do a, I do a lesson on geology. Um, And as a matter of fact, I'll send you the link to that lesson. I think I have it recorded. If I do, I'll send you the link and and Sean can watch it. But um, there's, there's a lot of good geology courses out there 
that I think are made for young people. Of course, as smart as Sean is, he might want to take a more advanced lesson. I unfortunately don't know off the top of my head which ones they are, but I do know that there's a bunch. But I'll also look to see if if I have uh, if I have anything uh, that I can send you guys. All right, this is from my friend and club member Jack Raptor, who says all Mesozoic timelines have one thing in common. They never have a mid-Cretaceous period. Was there a mid-Cretaceous epoch? Well, that's a great question. The answer, Jack Raptor, is yes, there was a mid-Cretaceous. The reason why you don't hear about it very often is there's not a lot of places on Earth where, um, where they have access to those things. They don't have access to those things. Um, that layer isn't very easily accessible. They don't, so we just can't see it that much. We can't see it that often. Um, so we don't get to know that much about it. Um, so that's the problem with it is that the layer exists, but we just don't find that many places where that layer is available for us to see. It's there, but we can't study it that much because we simply don't have all the access to it as we do with the early Cretaceous or the uh, mid Cretaceous or the late Cretaceous. It's there. It's just not there for everyone to be able to see. So that's why you don't hear that much about it. But trust me, it's there. I guarantee you it's there. All right, let me jump over here real quick and let's see. Um, let's see. Jack, who's age nine, almost 10, had a question about Sarcosuchus. Could it do a death roll? And can you do a podcast on it? The closest you got was Smilosuchus. Thank you. Well, hey, Jack, who happens to live in Rockville, Maryland. Um, I Sarcosuchus is enormous. And so the death roll would be a little more difficult because of the sheer size of the animal. Now, modern crocodiles do a death roll, and they certainly got that from their ancestors. So Sarcosuchus may have been able to do it, but the difference is it's such a huge animal, it may have been more difficult to turn its body as quickly. The death roll, if any of you may not know what that is, Alligators and crocodiles do that. When they grab something, their jaws are not made for cutting through the meat. Their jaws are made for holding on. So they spin their body around as a way to rip off a chunk of meat. That's what it's called, the death roll. It kills whatever it is it's, it's got. So the question is, could a giant crocodile like Sarcosuchus do that? Well, could, Car- could Dinosuchus, could Sarcosuchus... Or could Phobosuchus, could any of those big crocodilians do it? I think they might be able to. I, well, let's think about this. Their teeth are very, very similar to modern crocodiles and alligators. And if they have the same kind of teeth, that means they had the same limitations for biting through and tearing off pieces of meat. So now that I think about it, it probably needed the ability to do the death roll to be able to break off large pieces. It could certainly swallow smaller animals whole, but not everything it hunts is small. It's hunting dinosaurs. 
and they're big and it can't swallow an entire big dinosaur. So it's got to rip off pieces. So I think it did one of two things, Jack. Either they worked together where each sarcosuchus would all take a bite and everybody would pull back and shake and try to tear off pieces. Maybe they did it that way or it did the death roll. Either way, that's a very interesting question. And I've never given it that much thought, but that's really cool. Felix, who's six years old that lives in California, wants to know what's inside of a raptor's body. Well, the same thing, Felix, that we would find in any animal. It would have lungs, kidneys, liver, heart, stomach, and intestines. That's where the food goes. So it would have had the same things that other animals had. On the outside of its body, it had things that were different, like the killing claw on its foot. But inside of the body, it would have had some of the exact same internal organs. Internal means inside. Organs is the word used to describe the things I mentioned, the heart, the kidney, the lungs, that kind of stuff. So that's what it would have had inside of its body. All right. uh, Let's see. Let me keep going. Uh, Alwyn, age five, who lives in Traverse City, Michigan, or is that Missouri? I can never remember. I think that's Missouri. No, I think it's Michigan. Oh, you guys, I'm terrible at at remembering the letters of what they are for each state. Isn't that terrible? Alwyn, I'm so sorry if I pronounce, I mean, if I said the wrong state. Well, I had to say the right state because I said 500 of them. All right. Alwyn wants to know, could Spinosaurus use its sails to cut things? That's a very interesting question. The, the sail itself was not sharp, and it was probably breakable. So the animal would not want to use the sail to try to cut things because of the possibility of breaking the bones that held the sail up. The sail was probably used as a way to warm itself up. And it wouldn't want to risk breaking it because if it broke it, then the sail wouldn't function properly. So I don't think that its sail could be used for cutting anything because it's not really sharp. It's probably relatively, um, uh, relatively, uh, smooth. So I don't think it would. All right. Uh, let's see. This is uh, Emerson who's six years old from Nixon, Missouri. Uh, dear Dinosaur George, will you please make a Sauropelta podcast? Hey, that's a good recommendation. I'll try to do that. Emerson wants to know, what was the biggest dinosaur during the Cretaceous period? The biggest dinosaur in the Cretaceous period would have been a sauropod. They would have been the biggest dinosaurs in all three periods. Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous. Sauropods would have all been the biggest. In the early to mid-Cretaceous, it was probably um, Argentinosaurus or any of those. So I don't know who would hold the record, but probably uh, Paralititan or Argentinosaurus, one of those would have been the record holder, I'm almost sure. I'm almost sure that's what they would do. Uh, Let's see. Um, Emilio says, is Velociraptor an omnivore? Uh, This is a very, very interesting question. When... When you look at animals, this has always confused me, even when I was a child. Um, Lions, when they kill their prey, 
will sometimes eat the stomach of whatever it is they just killed, which means that they kill plant eaters. Let's say it kills a zebra. A zebra's stomach is going to be filled with grass. If a lion eats its stomach, including the grass inside, does that then mean that the lion would be an omnivore? Carnivores eat meat, herbivores eat plants, omnivores eat both. So the question is, if you eat the stomach of the herbivore, does that make you an omnivore? If you catch a mouse and swallow it whole, if the mouse's tummy was full, filled with plants, does that make you an omnivore? It's very confusing. Now, in science, we don't call lions omnivores because they don't actively go out and eat plants. If you eat an animal that has plants in its stomach, that doesn't make you an omnivore. You're still a carnivore. What you ate was an herbivore. Does that make sense to everybody? So even though velociraptors are probably eating bugs, lizards, dinosaurs, fish, anything it could catch, its teeth do not suggest at all that it was actively looking for plants to eat. It probably was not doing that. It probably was not doing that. All right. Let me jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids page and let's take a look at what's been going on there. Now, like I told all of you, if you go there now, you can see this picture of this giant meat-eating pig that I'm standing next to. It is simply gigantic. It almost looks like a hippopotamus. It's so big. And this pig is ginormous. All right. We have a beautiful picture that um, the Patel family sent to me of a volcano, a meteor, a pterodactyl, and a brachiosaurus. Love this picture, and I love that that volcano is erupting. That's a really, really good picture. Thank you for posting it. I love that. Tyrannosaurus Wes, what a great name, did a drawing of T-Rex featuring Earthworm Sally. Okay, that's a great name. He was so, to share, so excited to share it. Well, Tyrannosaurus Rex, I love your picture. I love that T-Rex. I love the mountains in the background, and I love your smile. You should be very proud of that because I'm very proud of what you did. That was too cool. And then Hannah Raptor wanted to show off her car she made into a dinosaur. All right, th this may be the greatest thing in the world, Hannah. Hannah Raptor has this cool powers, uh, power wheels that she drives around, and she converted it into a dinosaur. She actually painted a dinosaur. I love this, Hannah Raptor. This is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you for doing that. That is so cool. And then my buddy Heatho Raptor uh, went to go see his first Stegosaurus fossil. It was the first one ever found. Saw the first Stegosaurus fossil ever found in the Morrison Natural History Museum. And you guys went to Dinosaur Ridge. That is so cool. I hope you all enjoyed it. It looks like you all were having fun. And it looks like Heath is driving his sister crazy, which is his job. Congratulations for doing your job properly. But those pictures look great, you guys. 
those pictures look really, really great. Those pictures are amazing. And I'm glad you guys had fun. And that looks like you're having a lot of fun. It looks like you and your family had a great time. That's so cool. That's so cool. And man, look at both of you guys. I look, I'm looking at the picture of you two guys standing in front of that track. That's really amazing. I like that a lot. That's very, very cool. So thank you so much. And speaking of Heathoraptor, one of the lessons we did in Patreon was on the Lebrea tar pits. And Heathoraptor went in and created his own Lebrea tar pits with all of his mammal toys. I love that a lot. That's really, really good. Really good. Then my buddy Oliver sent an amazing picture of a T-Rex and Brachiosaurus about to fight. Ooh. But Oliver made the Brachiosaurus win. Good for you, Oliver. And I'm glad you like the podcast. And I'm glad you like the one about Stegosaurus. Shout out to you, Oliver, for being such a good artist and doing that. And then everybody's friends, J- everybody's friend, JW. JW has been a friend for a very long time. He's always posting really cool things on the page, and he's always active in the Patreon club meetings. Uh, he just sent a message about this new series coming out called Prehistoric Planet. This looks like it's going to be crazy. This looks like it's going to be crazy. I don't know when um, when I'm going to have time to watch it. It starts May 23rd and goes through May 27th. That's tomorrow on Apple TV+. Plus. That's going to be great. Man, do I want to watch it. And then my assistant, Noah, who does so much for the podcast and so much, I mean, for my patron club, um, he also made a comment about it. And this thing is going to, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be absolutely great. I love this. All right. Aaron has a question. If Stegosaurus and T-Rex had babies, would that be meat eating Stegosauruses or plant eating T-Rexes? This is a good one. Aaron, this is a good one. (laughs) So what would it be? What would it be? Um, Well, if if a T-Rex and a Stegosaurus had babies, it would be a, let me think, a T-Rex, <laughs> a T-Rex, a Stegrex, <laughs> or a Stegorex. I don't know what you would call it, but it would have spikes on its tail for protection, but it would have a mouthful of teeth for eating meat, but its tail was used to swing into the trees and stab leaves. So. Like a good child, it ate its veggies and meat. It had a salad with its meat. So it would be an omnivore eating both. That's a great, that's a really good question. I love that. That's really cool. That's a good one. I love those fun ones. And then my friend, uh, this is so cool. This is so cool. Caitlin, my buddy, Caitlin. She and I are very good friends. Caitlin posted a picture that in the school yearbook, there was a picture of Caitlin and I together. I'm honored to be in the yearbook, but I'm more honored to be in a picture with Caitlin. Virtual hugs to you, Caitlin. And then I absolutely love my contacts from my little niece, Susie Soros, and her mom, Gemma, who are like family to me. Um, And I love both of you very much. And they sent a, a really cool picture about a challenge they found, a puzzle. 
which this is this is cool. I like that. I like that very much. Uh, and and you know what, Gemma, you are allowed to add the link. You can add the link. I don't mind at all. This looks like a really cool puzzle. And so I would, if you can, you could please go back in and link it again. Or if anybody else, it looks like Sarah put a link. Thank you so very much for doing that, Sarah Spiva. I appreciate you doing that because that's really cool. Uh, and this is great as well. This is Rory, whose picture is she's going to be a paleontologist. Wow. Very, very cool. Well, I cannot wait for you to work with me, Rory. I'm going to keep a job open for you to make sure that you have a job waiting for you. All right. Phoenix Velociraptor built a really cool Lego dinosaur called Mismatchosaurus. <laughs> Mismatchosaurus. I love this. It's a dinosaur with wheels. What a great way to get around. I like this a lot, Phoenix Velociraptor. You did a great job. You're very, very effective, and I love Mismatchosaurus. I think that should be a legitimate name for all dinosaurs. Lanysaurus did a great video, a really good video. You know what? Let me turn up the volume here. Let me see if I can play this yeah. Lanysaurus. Pin them one down the walls and slash T Rex off the face. Slashes T Rex off the face and again. Lots of has shot cars and pin them. And pinned them on down this works. Nice. Lanysaurus, that was a great video. He battled T-Rex versus Indominus Rex. This is great. I love that you acted out the video. Mom or dad, thank you for posting the video to the page. We loved it. It's absolutely great. Shout out to you for doing it. It looks like your Indominus is bigger than your Tyrannosaurus. So I'm going to have to think that Indominus might win this particular one. That's really good. Okay, let's see. Um, Nima sent me a great question. They found this in their backyard. Nima wants to know if it's a fossil. How can you tell if it's a fossil? And Nima says, thank you, El Stinko. Okay, for... What did you just say? Nima says, thank you, El Stinko. Are you calling me El Stinko? No one knows the identity of El Stinko. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. Stronger than Superman. Smarter than Batman. Faster than the Flash. Prettier than Wonder Woman. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. I am not El Stinko. But I will tell you this. What you have is absolutely a fossil. Now, I would have to know what area, what part of the world you guys live in, because that would help me figure out what it is. It is either a mammoth or mastodon vertebra, or it is a whale vertebra. And the reason why I say that is it's hard for me to tell unless I know what part of the country you guys live in or what part of the world. So I can tell you that is indeed a fossil. And the reason why we can tell it's a fossil is because, first of all, there is nothing as big as that unless you live in Africa and you happen upon an elephant skeleton. So that has to be a fossil because of the size. But I can tell you that is that definitely is a fossil. I just don't know what. I mean, it could be from a, a modern whale. It doesn't have to be a fossil necessarily. 
it could be from a modern whale, like maybe somebody like uh, uh, it washed up on a beach and maybe somebody collected it and brought it home and, and it was in your backyard, maybe from the person that lived before you. Or if you found it and it nobody's lived there before you, it could very well be the uh, the skeleton of a whale or a mammoth. But it definitely is. It definitely is. Archer Levinator has created a dinosaur comparison chart and a picture of fighting dinos with your underarm stink bombs. What do you mean my underarm stink bombs? Are you people claiming that I am El Stinko? Because I am not El Stinko. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. Stronger than the Hulk. Faster than Mr. Fantastic. Crazier than Captain Crazy. Okay, I don't know if there's a Captain Crazy or not. He just made that up. But no one knows. But I love your drawing. But why do you have stink coming out from under my arms? Archer Lavenator. Do you really think I am El Stinko? And Oxalia is a great uh, comment to be used for a podcast. I like that one very much. All right, let's see. Um, This is so cool. This is from the Mills family. Our seven-year-old daughter loves her dinosaurs. Here's her baryonyx drawing with a tiny Carnotaurus and Ankylosaurus tail in the background. And in the background, and Parasaurolophus in the water. We love listening to Dinosaur George. Well, thank you so very much, you guys. Thank you very, very much. That's so kind of you. And I love this drawing. Listen, for seven years old, you are very, very talented. That's really good. That's really, really a good drawing. And I love all of that. I like, uh, I like all the dinosaurs. I like that Ankylosaurus tail club pointing up in the air, telling that Carnotaurus to keep its distance. That is really, really great. Chumati is super excited about the new Jurassic Park movie. She's taking a picture standing in front of it, which is so cool. And I cannot wait to see it either. It's going to be amazing. All right, my friends, I, I'm going to kind of cut this one a little bit short only because I didn't have time to go through and find all of my um, uh, who would win battles. So this podcast doesn't have a who would win. But I now that I'm back into the studio and now that I'm going to have more time, I promise all of you Tyrannosaurus Rex members, I will start doing your Who Would Wins again. And to my Tyrannosaurus Rex member of Patreon, we will begin randomly selecting members to be interviewed for upcoming podcasts. So for all of you, I appreciate very much that you like the podcast. I apologize that I can't do them as often as I'd like during my busy season. But now that I'm back, I'll do more. Until next time, everybody, be kind to everyone. For many of you, the summer is coming up and you're going to get to be out of school or be off from school if you homeschool. Enjoy your summer. Be safe. Be kind. And if you ever go to a park or any place, if you notice that there's a child that doesn't have any friends playing with them, You can walk up and say hello. Walk up and say, hello, my name is, you tell them your name, and then say, do you like dinosaurs? And maybe that's how you make a new friend. But if you see somebody playing by themselves, just go up and say hello. They may want to play by themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is, 
that sometimes it's lonely if you're by yourself. So you should be the person that makes the new friend. Don't wait for them. You walk up to them and say, my name is, and then you say, I like dinosaurs. Do you? And if they say no, you say, that's okay. Not everybody does. Maybe you make a new friend. You never know. Be polite. Listen to your parents. Do what they say. And have a great summer, everyone. I'll hear from, you'll hear back from me soon. to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah, yeah.